0: This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School.
1: This is Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Marketing Matters here on Business Radio, SiriusXM 132. I'm Barbara Kahn, the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing, and I'm joined, unfortunately, still remotely via Zoom meeting by my wonderful co host, Americus Reed, the Whitney M. Young Jr. Professor of Marketing and the Brand Identity Theorist. Hello, Americus.
0: Hi, Barbara. So, you know, I'm right in the throes of Christmas shopping for my nine year old daughter, Zora Fabiana Reed, who is turning 10 on December 20th. And I am struggling right now because she's into two things that she loves right now, and that's Minecraft and The Last Airbender. And so what I am in desperate need of is some advice, some expertise, some wisdom around toy trends in 2020 and what I should be doing at this late stage in the game so I don't screw this up. For the one time, my daughter is going to be going to double digits in her age, Please tell me you've got something for me today, Barbara.
1: Oh, Americus, you are in luck. We have a toy expert who's better than anybody. We have with us today James Zahn, who's the senior editor of the Toy Book, and he's editor of the Toy Report. And he, I'm hoping, can tell us the top toy trends of 2020. Hello, James.
2: Hey there. Happy to be here again this year. Um, It has been a year. But uh, when it comes to toys, it's been a really, really good year.
1: Really? I mean, COVID's been good for toys?
2: (laughs) You know, if you back things up to March, April, when the pandemic was really taking hold here in the U.S., uh, the toy industry was taken aback because the initial response from toy makers was that, hey, everything's going to be shutting down. And uh, there were some projections. People were, everybody pulled back their guidance, basically, on all of their financials. And there was this assumption that we were going to hit summer and have these catastrophic drops, 25%. uh, FUnco thought they were going to be 60% in the hole. And then something unexpected happened. And that was families started to reconnect with one another. (laughs) They started to have basically this gift they didn't have before, which was a gift of time. And families began playing together again, and the toy industry ended up seeing just gigantic numbers all year all year long, but it's gone in waves as far as what people are buying mm-hmm. and uh, how the play patterns have gone. So what we saw- uh, Wait,
1: wait, let me let me just Go let ahead. Me recap what you sure. just said, because that sounds so interesting. First of all, you're coming here in when everybody else is in gloom and doom, you're telling us this has been good for the toy industry. Because families are reconnecting. I mean, that is like, I just want to sit in that. (laughs) (laughs) That is such a nice thought. You know, that's really great. So that's your first point. And it just makes me really happy to hear. Um, The second thing, though, is you're saying that there's ways and it's come and gone in 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 different ways. Is that what you're saying now?
2: Yeah. So when we saw that first round of... Uh lockdowns and shelter in place or stay-at-home order. It was different depending on what state you live in. Uh things mm-hmm. went in these waves. So the first thing we saw was games and puzzles. So we're ah. talking yes. March, April.
1: Me a yes. culpa, I gotta say. <laughs> yes. And yes.
2: the last couple of years, games and puzzles had taken off with a millennial audience that mm. was these younger folks in their twenties, maybe early thirties that were essentially playing these at pubs. You know, they were, they were gaming mm. bars. Is that where up. they got them? They got them at
1: bars. I they, didn't were, know.
2: they were popping up in New York and Chicago mm. and LA mm-hmm. and uh, people were Instagramming, playing games and puzzles and things. But then this year, as things locked down and you know, that first wave of closures, we saw all of these so-called non-essential retail. Yeah. March, um,
1: April, May.
2: Yep. Getting, getting squashed there. The, the beneficiaries of that ended up being your big boxes of the world. So of course, Walmart and Target, Amazon, um, other regional super center chains like Meyer in the Midwest, Fred Meyer on the West coast, places that were selling groceries that also had toy departments that we're able to get around the whole what's essential, what's non-essential. So mom and dad or grandma and grandpa, they're going out and they're they're getting the groceries and then they're swinging by the toy department on the way out and uh, they're grabbing a new board game or a mm-hmm. puzzle that the family mm-hmm. can play together. Mm-hmm. So that was wave one. And then as the weather started getting better, we started seeing outdoor play because all what? of the activities, baseball, karate, Dance, all that uh, stuff was getting canceled, so it became, hey, how can we make our, you know, fenced-in yard a fun place that the family can play together? And what we saw going going to the the bare minimum, like classic play, as stripped down as you can, like wiffle ball bats and things.
1: Have you heard a, of pickleball?
2: Pickleball? Yeah. That doesn't sound like something that uh, is like my <laughs> Chicago area thing.
1: Pickleball apparently this new trend it's like a big outdoor version of ping pong almost it's a racket game
2: ah that's one that hasn't really crossed mm-hmm. my radar oh really uh, but, yeah.
1: um, I think it's on the west coast really big on the west coast.
2: How, how about how about birdie golf what's birdie <laughs> golf <man? laughs> so you get so you get like a uh, it looks like a little golf club um almost like a plastic driver but the you've got a golf ball that has a birdie on it, like a shuttlecock, like a mm-hmm. like you're playing mm-hmm. badminton.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So you can uh, you can play the game in your backyard and it's like you're hitting it across the backyard, but it's not gonna fly into your neighbor's yard.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So that's something that, that had kind of gone this year. And then
1: Okay, so that's I, in the summer when people are outside. A lot of outdoor ball games, yeah, different
0: kinds yeah. of things that people but, but let, let me play. jump in real quick though, because it's it's funny, Barbara. In the last 20 years, I've done zero puzzles. In 2020, (laughs) I have probably done four or five puzzles. And I have to say, I don't know if your experience is the same, Barbara, and, and jump in on this and chime in, James, as well. It's so relaxing. I had forgotten how fun it is just to sit there and like agonize over these little pieces and you're thinking, it's just like, a, it's, it feels like it's a totally different way to use your brain.
1: But, you know, I agree with what James is saying. Yeah, I agree with what you said too, but to me, the fun of the puzzle is being with, with your family. Yeah, him, absolutely. Puzzle,
0: absolutely. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, like
1: yeah. the idea of, every, it's kind of like everybody's sitting around the fire and getting back together again.
0: Yes. Yes. And I think you're touching on something. I, I want you to unpack this a bit more, James, because... There, I guess the COVID pandemic sort of thing really has led us to this. This And this is true, right, Barbara? This this need to connect. I mean, we really want to just kind of be around each other and, and do something fun that has nothing to do with, you know, all of the, the, the doom and gloom, uh, the political environment, all this chaos. It's just like, you know, we want to be kids again. Is this true, James? And so there's a kind of energy that's there that the toy space is actually able to pick up on and actually leverage. Right, James? That is true because there's
2: so many different ways to connect. And we're seeing it in sort of an analog sense with the with the games and everything and the puzzles. And we're seeing it again with like the board games and things. And then there's also kind of a, a reversal in the, the folks that have been spending and their kids, especially spending so much time on screens that you want to start having them play but learn, but it's screen free learning. But then these activities that people can do together at home, and then it sort of morphs into this thing where all these different elements are at play together, and we see a lot of that cross-generational element come back into it, which the cross, cross-generational cross play is something that's really been growing like the last five years or so, and there are no signs of this slowing down. And uh, prime example, like this year was like the 35th anniversary of Back to the Future. Ah,
0: nice. And
2: then, so that's a movie that kids that saw it 35 years ago, <laughs>
0: yes.
2: oh or yes. maybe even
0: grandparents,
1: not,
2: not no. are experiencing no. it with their kids and passing exactly. that on. But Hello, then Playmobil <laughs> yes. did a Back to the Future DeLorean set and some figures, oh. and they even did an advent calendar, or as some folks prefer to call it, a countdown calendar with little Back <laughs> to the Future uh, fun things to open throughout December. And then Funko, and I think it was Robinsberger, also did um, games. They they did Back to the Future games. So we're back to the board game thing and the card games. And that's a property that's three and a half decades old that generations have experienced. And now they're experiencing it in a new way. And they're either playing with it in that physical tangible sense with the toys or they're playing the game and they're sitting around the kitchen table and they're enjoying it. So that is really cool.
1: That is so cool. I'm Barbara Kahn, and I'm here with my co-host, America's Read, and this is Marketing Matters. And we are speaking with James Zahn, who's the senior editor of the Toy Book and editor of the Toy Report. And he's talking about different types of toy patterns that have emerged in COVID, what happened during the first three months when all the essential retail was down, and then during the summer, when people are allowed to go outside and play. And I wonder, James, what have you seen in terms of video games?
2: Video games are absolutely incredible, and uh, we actually here this week, we just got the November numbers, which were just gigantic. The U.S. video game market just coming out of November was up 35% year over year over 2019, and then 2020 year to date through uh, November, you're up like 22% more people than ever and and we're talking all ages from kids to even seniors all different ages in each each like sort of 10 year gap they are all getting into the game in different ways between mobile and consoles extreme things like call of duty warzone which is this multiplayer thing that you can play cross platform Earlier this year, 60 million people had already logged on to that within the first couple of months. And now, we're at this new console generation, the cycle is about to begin again. And traditionally, ahead of a new console launch, uh, the game systems are down. But because so many people have been at home again and playing. Uh, It was an up year before the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X hit stores. So those are doing gigantic business. They're extraordinarily hard to find. There's an entire secondary market where people are flipping them or scalping Uh them, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, Nintendo Switch, still the best-selling console of the year, and that's a three-year-old system, but it is very, very family-friendly Mm-hmm. Eight switch. people could play yeah. at one time. Um, mm-hmm. There's a there's a lot to be said for that. So the different consoles sort of appeal to different
0: markets. Let me jump in and, and ask a question uh, quickly, because I want to understand this 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 marketplace a bit more, James. And that is, how do these different consoles differentiate themselves? Like, what I don't know enough about this to know that if I buy the Xbox or if I buy you know some other console, what's the difference between? You know how they're positioned because this is marketing matters. How they're positioned to uh, consumers and like what's the secret sauce of these different? I mean, are they all pretty much the same? And it's just it comes down to the portfolio of games that you can get, or how does all this work? It's a mix,
2: but uh, there is a definite marketing strategy here. Nintendo is your family center. This is it. This is a console that works on the TV. You can do handheld with Uh, it. The controllers on the sides, the Joy-Cons, they split off. They can become a a very um, physical type of thing if you're playing a game like Just Dance and the controllers are in your hand and it's tracking your movement. Uh, PlayStation 5 and Microsoft's Xbox, they've got the Series X and the Series S. Um, Those are the two that are going head to head when it comes to new technology. They're brand new, they're extremely powerful machines. Uh, that's where it gets into what games are available. And honestly, Microsoft sort of uh, put themselves in a bind by launching this year because their big exclusive titles were not available at launch with the console last month. So Halo is their flagship title. It's been delayed. It's not coming out till next year. So the conversation has moved over to the PlayStation five because that console launched with a huge assortment of games and they're getting acclaimed there's there's a really awesome new uh Spider-Man Miles Morales game that came out that people are loving mm-hmm. um they've got that plus they've got all the uh you know the flagship titles that come out every fall like Madden and Call of Duty and stuff mm-hmm. you play them on the next gen system they're going to look better they're going to play better but then as we get into 2021 the lineup for these new systems is just super robust so mm-hmm. the the uh, trend that started this year with the huge numbers that's going to continue. But the real Mm -hmm. trick right now
0: Mm -hmm.
2: is can parents find these things Mm. at list price at Mm -hmm. 500 bucks? Mm -hmm. Because I've seen the scalper prices. And I mean, people are, some people are using bots. This is a a problem Walmart and Target have really been fighting Mm -hmm. where uh, they use these flipper bots to basically secure inventory and it uh, defeats their, their systems that they've had in place. So you have this $500 console and now it's two grand on eBay.
0: Interesting. And so let me ask you this to build on this, James. It's funny, Barbara, I'm using our entire interview to like do intelligence for Christmas shopping. (laughs) But help me, help me, James. I've been looking at, I know, right? Help me, help me to take that analysis into the world of VR, virtual reality. I've been looking at this Oculus Quest what should i jump in on this now is this something that's hot the the, the virtual reality piece you'll know, put on the thing and you're fully immersed I have
1: one of those.
0: You, so what, are, what 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 are your thoughts there both of you actually it's hot
2: but it's not super hot yet um and i think part of that is awareness and i think the vr is leaning towards an older audience so when you're when you're dealing with kids um Interesting. i don't hear any eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve year olds going, oh, I gotta have the Oculus. They all they all want the Switch or the PlayStation. Look at that.
1: It's all proof in the pudding, huh? Yeah, Thank I was going to ask you something a, a little off topic, America. So if you have more questions on this, go here and then I'll go off topic. No, please,
0: please. I'm just, I'm trying to, I, I think I have enough now, Barbara, to not be <laughs> as dangerous I would, as I would have been in my Christmas shopping. Go ahead, please. What I'm
1: curious is how the media plays in the toy business. So a really hot show on HBO is The Queen's Gambit, which was all about chess. Have you yep. seen a resurgence in chess and all of that going on as a result of that show?
2: I have I actually I, I wrote an article about that that I shared on my LinkedIn and I I sort of uh pulled from an from an old song and I said let's talk about chess baby because uh yeah the queen's gambit is uh driving I mean, Google searches for for chess was up hundreds of percents um all of these different companies have been selling out on traditional tr- uh, chess games and then uh, sort of a serendipitous timing. There's a company called Winning Moves that came out with a new version called No Stress Chess, which I mean, chess can be chess can be a very complicated game to learn and the no stress chess actually comes with action cards that shows you the pieces and shows you how to move it and comes with a board that on one side has graphics that show how the the pieces can move, but then you can flip it over and play traditional chess. So that is something where um, grownups that didn't learn to play can learn to play at the same time their kids are getting interested in it. Um, So that that really Netflix is a is a great point too because it's not
1: Netflix. It wasn't HBO. That's right. Sorry.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's not. You know, it's not just the chess thing that's happening right now. There's a theory that uh, it's actually twofold that Netflix content is driving sales of Barbie for Mattel because uh, there are direct correlations in the how the charts line up between when barbie content debuts on netflix and how the sales of the dolls end up going wow. and they've they've done uh, they they did a new digital movie this year and they've also got new episodes of their dream house or life, life in the dream house <laughs> um, and then also on the flip side of that disney plus now has 24 7 availability for all the disney princess content and there's been a lot of talk that that is showing a spike for Hasbro in their Disney princess dolls and stuff, as well as the Star Wars things mm-hmm. with like the child and the Mandalorian, because mm-hmm. it's always available.
0: Interesting. And what to what extent is all of this, and maybe you can help me out on this as well, Barbara, because I, I just is so fascinating to me. But to what extent are all of these things proactively and strategically coordinated where you have... You know the Netflix things happening. You have the things in the store, the physical toys. I mean, is is this part of a? Is this part of like what would be almost like an omni omni-channel? Barbara likes that term, omni-channel. Like a, a strategy where it's everything is like different universes converging, and then you know it all sort of gets in our brain as consumers, and then we get excited about. It. I mean, are, is this is this being like managed at more of a meta level? I mean, how does this work, James? This year
2: has been a lot of, uh, as the old Bob Ross saying, a lot of happy accidents, (laughs) because we've actually been able to have some of the toy industry market share grow um, at a time when it should have dropped, because there's this whole other conversation, too, about the licensed toys that tanked this year and got pushed into 2021 because the movies went out of the way. So a lot of that planning you're talking about, normally there still would be marketing that would go into this where you're planning something that's going to go theatrical and then it's going to go streaming and then there's still going to be a purchase window and it's going to be tied to those toys and there's a huge timing in production manufacturing how it's going to get to the states how it's going to get out there all of that this year has been blown to smithereens because nothing is lining up the way that it should yet there's still some great things happening right now Um, so to, to get, I guess, answer the question simply, usually, yes, there would be some marketing to it, but this year it's just been like the dice have been rolled. And fortunately, you know, it's, it's been really good for most of the toy industry. Now, the one caveat I'm going to put on that because we're at the, the home stretch to Christmas right now.
1: We certainly are.
2: (laughs) We don't know what these next few days are going to look like headed into that, because we're we're still dealing with this pandemic, we're dealing with the potential of more lockdowns. Um, we've hit the spot where so many people now have shifted to shopping online, that there's inventory sitting at brick and mortar, but the Amazons of the world are out of it. Um, mm-hmm. So a little bit of the reverse of what we've been telling people, you know, shop online, or, you know, the omni channel that you like. And I like that, too. Um, because uh, prime example is Target, you know, 90% of their digital sales involve a store in some capacity
1: right, for buy fulfillment. Yes. Well,
2: now these companies, like I've seen Walmart and Target in just this past week have started saying, oh, now it's not available to uh, order online, pick up and store. You just got to come to the store for it. So
1: Yeah, so like they've been predicting that supply chain mess up for a while. They've been trying to get people to order early. I can imagine that's certainly true for toys and, and it's starting to hit now. And so now the idea is to go into the store. Seeing physical stores, I wonder if you're familiar with this concept that I, that I saw when I was in New York called camp. Have you heard of that toy store camp?
2: I have. And uh, so that is a place that's run by Ben Kaufman that used to run BuzzFeed. Um, I've actually been to the camp stores because I I live in the Chicago area, but our office is in Manhattan. So pre-COVID, I would go to the office and I'd always make a point of stopping by the camp stores. That
1: is an awesome store.
2: (laughs) Yep. And now, so they've sort of reinvented themselves this year too. They were calling themselves a family experience store. Now they're Mm -hmm. a family experience company. They've done partnerships with Kroger, with Walmart. They did a bunch of stuff with Walmart this year. Um, Ally Financial is one of their partners. So they're doing a lot of digital things in trying to keep connecting people. But then at the end of the day, um, get them excited about toy product and stuff. But very experiential stores um i'd imagine very expensive to build um they were. I know they were gonna put one in Chicago and those plans seem to have been paused, but that's a fun place.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's a fun place. Speaking of Chicago, I remember when I went there, I went to see the American Girl store. I mean, I don't know what's happening to American Girl anymore, but that was like one of the first really experiential toy stores. Oh, wow. Yeah,
2: yeah, they have closed a few locations this year. Mattel has really been trying to reinvent that brand um, mm. mm-hmm. because the 18 inch doll space is very competitive now. Target has a line by Batat called Our Generation, Walmart has My Life As, Um, Journey Girls, which were a Toys R Us exclusive, are now available through Amazon, Um, so there are other players in that space, some great dolls, but uh, those stores are very expensive to have up and maintain.
1: Yeah, the, the times up there. once again, thank you so much for joining us. It's so great when you come on the show. Everything's happy. You're a real happy guy, and I like talking to you about toys. Yeah, what
0: you, you have the greatest. You have the greatest job on the planet,
1: Jane. Yeah, you are. <laughs> thank so you.
0: Well, I I
2: enjoy talking to both of you, and you know, really enjoy this show too, because uh, you know, I do have an affection for marketing and retail, so awesome. I dig it.
1: And where can our listeners go to keep up with you and all the toy trends this year?
2: Toybook.com and the thetoyinsider.com.
1: Pretty easy. Awesome. Thank you very much. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.